Amazing. Well, it's good to be back. It's real good to be back with you. Man, who, who watched Netflix during the break? Anybody? You know, I wanted to, but you know what I found out shortly? When you have a three-year-old and one-year-old, uh, you don't get to pick out the movies you want to watch. So I envy you, and I live vicariously through each of you who watch some good Netflix. Who worked throughout the break? Anyone make some money? All right. If I go uh, post a GoFundMe on my Facebook, would you help me out? Anybody? Okay. All right. Who just slept all break? Anyone just slept and rest and didn't care? All right. How many? Raise your hand if it's uh, New Year, same me. Anybody? Yeah. New Year, same me. Right? You've been here that thing. New Year, new me, right? I said that like 500 times and people got mad at me, so I'm done saying that. But I'm excited to be back. It's exciting to have life back on campus. And um, if you see a new face on campus, make sure you're a warm smile and introduce yourself to somebody and continue introducing yourself to people that you still don't know, even though they're sitting right behind you or in front of you. Introduce yourself to somebody because this is the place where we can connect, a place where I want you to feel comfortable. And in chapel, I want you to open your hearts up to God's word because great is thy faithfulness. I've titled this message this morning to start your year with God. You know, New Year's is, it brings a lot of refreshments, and it brings a lot of things in our mind where we ponder last year. And last year um, may have been your first semester, and if you're still here, you made it. And it may have been a, a rough year, and you may have went through loss and grief last year and um, broken up with a relationship, went through some health issues, but you're here by the grace of God. And now you get to prioritize and strategize your year and what I want to instill in our hearts today is just one simple concept to even allow you to be curious is start your year with God. Just start it with God. What are you afraid of? What are you waiting for? When you start your year with God, God, God is going to take you to places you've never even imagined. But most of us, we're sometimes afraid. I know as I'm praying about a, a Bible reading plan, who is still struggling to find a Bible reading plan? Anybody? All right. A couple of y'all. We've got some good Christians in here. Who's not reading their Bible? Anybody? Raise your hand. It's fine. You're not going to get judged in here. I always tell people when they walk in the church, I ain't going to judge you. All right? I'm not going to judge you. I'm still going to love you. But I've been having a difficulty finding a place to read in the Bible. I don't know what is going on with me. I'm like, I'm human. I know that. Um, I'm not going to tell you if I've skipped any because you'll judge me. But I believe we ought to start our year with God. And I just wanted to just uh, mention about our mission trips this past this next year, um, we're going to be going to uh, Omaha, Nebraska. If you're interested in mission trips, going and sharing the gospel, it's going to be March 10th or 15th. If you're wanting a glorified vacation, we're going to be going to Oaxaca, Mexico. It's a good-looking place if you've seen the photos. May 7th or 14th, and we've got in the calendar Peru, Cusco, Peru, December 6th through 19th of this December. But starting the year off with God, I've got a, a quote by A.W. Tozer up here. I want you to help me read this. All right, let's go. Complacency is a deadly foe of all spiritual growth. One more time. Complacency is a deadly foe of all spiritual growth. Do you agree or disagree? Anyone agree with me? Anyone agree? Yeah, say amen if you agree. You agree? Who disagrees? Say amen. Nobody? It's okay if you disagree. But I agree with Tozer. Complacency. Have you ever been complacent in your life? Like, not motivated? It's that type of complacency where you just don't want to get out of the bed. You've ever been there where it's just so comfy and cozy and you know that you've got that 8 a.m. class and you're trying to see how many times you've already missed and you're like, I'm not sure if my professor will kind of let me slide on this one. 
Complacency is deadly. Complacency, if you're an athlete in here, make some noise if you're an athlete in here. All right. Complacency. We've got some athletes, right? Who's a has-been athlete? Raise your hand right here, right? We've got a couple has-beens. I'm proud of that. Complacency, right? What happens to athletes, okay? If you're trying to prep yourself for performance and you go to Krispy Kreme and eat donuts the week before a competition or before a basketball game, you think you're going to be playing well? No. You won't be, right? What happens if you leave the weight room for like four months and you expect to come back in prime shape? Is that going to happen? Maybe some of you are gifted like that, right? Someone's going to outlift you. But complacency spiritually is very dangerous. And complacency is what I want to encourage you to combat. This comes, complacency can creep in our lives when you're not expecting it. Complacency in our spiritual walk with God means, yeah, we started off going to church and, and doing, plugging ourselves in Bible studies. And we get comfortable. We say, well, I'm already reading the Bible. I've got a Bible reading plan. I, I go to church I'm a good Christian person here at Sterling. People know me. I've got a good reputation. Let me tell you, when you become reliant on what others think of you and that reputation you uphold, you allow complacency to start settling in your mind. Pride kicks in. You think, I'm good. I'm comparing myself to everyone else. I'm good. I'm not as good as that Christian, but I'm still good. Complacency to all spiritual growth. When you stop learning, when you stop pushing yourself, when you stop you know, being ambitious, you Come to the stop. You almost hit that wall. And we've all been there. We've mentally, this past semester, mentally, you probably hit that wall. You were, after Thanksgiving, you were ready for a break. You didn't want to come back, right? You were just kind of done. I don't want the finals. But I hope and pray during this break that you were able to find time with God. Whatever that looks like for you, if it's time alone, if it's worship, if it's in the Word, if it's listening to the podcast, but you found time with God, and now you're excited, and you're refreshed, and you're full, and you're ready to serve, and you're excited to see what God's going to do. I pray every day when I drive from Hutch, it's a good time. My father-in-law told me, Jose, what do you do when you commute to work? I said, well, I listen to music. He said, what kind of music? I said, I can't tell you. But he told me, Jose, you should pray. I said, you told me I should pray for 30 minutes? I can't focus that long. But eventually, I just began talking to God. You know, hey, God, here's what we got going on, Sterling. Here's the prayer request. And, you know, it's become a habit. I thank God for my father-in-law who's given me that wisdom. But when we come to a place of complacency, the enemy wants to kill, steal, and destroy. You have an enemy against you. You know, I often think Satan is sitting back, drinking his Kool-Aid and lemonade, just watching Christians saying, you know what? They're not doing anything, right? Or drinking his Dr. Pepper, whatever he likes to drink. But he's just coasting. He's sitting back. And as Christians, he's saying, well, the church is, the church is now focused inwardly. The church is not, you know, going and spreading the gospel. Missions is kind of stunted. Spiritual life is kind of stunted. He's saying, why? Well, the Christians are here. They're comfortable. They're they think they've made it, and I'm just relaxing. Complacency is a deadly foe of all spiritual growth. I want to remind you three principles this morning that you can apply today. Number one principle is a renewed commitment to prioritize God. Priorities. What are your priorities right now? What are they? School? What else? What are some priorities in your life? You can shout them out. Priorities. What is that? Graduating. Graduating. That's an amen. Any seniors in here? Seniors, 
Make some noise, seniors who graduate in May. Right? That was exciting. Hey, let me just tell you a secret. You ready, seniors? This next semester is going by fast. All right? Don't cry just yet. But a renewed commitment to prioritize God. See, we have graduation. We have athletics or academics. And some of y'all are trying to date. So you're like, okay, my date life is going to be up here. My academics here. Me here. Family, siblings. God is somewhere in there in employment. So how do you start to juggle things? Have you ever just put too much on your plate? And you're like, well, I can sign up for this. I can be SGA. I can be FCA. I can play the sports. And you feel like you're wearing out thin, but you have to do it because it looks good on your image. And your family is proud of you. But you're wearing yourself out and priorities become just confused. And you don't know what's important to you because when one area of your life starts sinking, you start crashing slowly because complacency is just seeping into your body. It's seeping into your mind and all of a sudden, you're like, whoa, God, I, I love you, but I just feel so distant from you. I, I say I love you with all my heart, but my lifestyle does not reflect you being on top. And let me tell you something. Sometimes I feel my life, you know, God is not the priority many times. I feel, you know, uh, I want God to be priority. Let me tell you, I want God to be the center of my life. I want God to be the center of my marriage. I want God to be the center of how I raise my babies. They're my hands. I want God to be the center of what we do here. But my mind and my pride and myself, my sin nature fights against that. I sometimes put my own agenda, my own plans, my own ambition, my own visions, what I want to do, it's focused on me. And I have to repent of this sin, saying, God, I'm sorry. You saved me. You set me apart. You called me out to go and share this gospel. But sometimes I'm so full of myself that i got to say, God, I must decrease. You must increase. It's hard to prioritize when you have so much going on, isn't it? But I want to give you a scripture, Matthew 6, 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. This is a verse I'd like you to commit to your heart. As we prioritize our lives, we have, so many of you have so much you're carrying right now, so much in the past, and so much confusion and drama and family problems, that you have to come here on top of everything else. You're carrying a lot of weight and load, so you don't know what's here, and something may be slipping. But just tell God this, God, I have no idea what I'm doing, but I give you this area. I give you my athletics. I give you my academics. I give you my dating life. I give you my walkout. I surrender my daily tasks to you. I'm not going to walk ahead of you, God, and plan ahead of you and leave you behind. I'm not going to do that. God, I'm not going to plan this and this and that. And God says, you know what? I have a plan for you, and it's a good plan. And sometimes it may not feel like it's good, but I'm going to take you through this season, in this stage of life, for your character to be molded into the image of Christ. And if you don't pass this season, you're going to go where you walk with somebody else. But he's going to refine you and mold you into Christ. And for us to prioritize our lives, we must seek first his kingdom, not my kingdom. His kingdom, not my kingdom. And that's hard for us. As believers, it's about God exploring and expanding his kingdom. It's about us going to church and sacrificially serving in our local bodies. I believe in this generation. I believe in you. 
Because God is raising up an army here. I believe in you. But I'm going to tell you, you're not, you're not enough and I'm not enough. Apart from God, we're nothing. We need to be dependent on prioritizing God. Here's a verse that you may be familiar with in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. Uh, if you'll join me in reading out loud, let's start. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Raise your hand if you've heard that verse. You know, that verse for me, I like it and it sounds good, but it's one of the hardest verses for me to keep in my life because trusting is very hard when you don't trust mom and dad. Trusting is very hard when you've broken up a relationship and they've shattered you and they've left you like trash. Trusting is hard when you just think God has betrayed you, he has left you. Trust is hard, and that's what we need to get is just to trust in God with all of my heart, not leaning on my own understanding. I mean, I'm not going to lean on my education. I'm not going to lean on what God has gifted us. It's leaning on him and his strength. Why? Because he will make straight your paths. So this is a key ingredient as we prioritize God this year. If we trust in God with all we have, he will work it out. I'm just going to exegete this for you. He's going to, make, he's going to work it out. And then in May, you're going to realize, well, I didn't know how I was going to handle all of this. But I heard in the chapel message early on, if I just start my year with God, if I prioritize him, it's going to work out. And some of y'all need to hear this. It's going to work out if you trust in God. Not only do we need to prioritize God this year, but I believe we need to renew. We need to have a renewed commitment to prayer. Prayer is something, it's a fight. Prayer is a fight every day because this enemy does not want you to ask the Almighty God for his source of strength and his power. Prayer is something where we have to be embedded in, don't we? But prayer is sometimes scary. It's sometimes awkward, especially in a small group at church. And sometimes prayer, we make it about ourselves, don't we? Let me just tell you something. If you're trying to pray to please people and make you sound like, you're fancy and a smarty pants and no, no rich theology and doctrine. Oh, wow, that person must be spiritual. That's a good prayer. It's a prayer about us making ourselves look good in front of everyone else. You know what God wants from a prayer? He wants a broken and contrite heart. He wants your honesty and transparency. And I think it would do us good to renew our commitment to prayer. I don't know what that looks like in your life. Maybe walking to your next class, praying. Well, Jose, I don't feel comfortable. It's awkward. I don't like praying out loud. You don't have to. If you want to sing to God, you can sing to him. If you want to write poetry, you can write poetry. If you want to write in your journal, you can pray him out. Whatever works for you in communicating with God, just do it. A verse in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 through 18. And if you want to know what God's will for your life is, this is one of the aspects. It says, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances for what? For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. You're telling, you're telling me that God wants me to give thanks in all circumstances? For this is his will? Yeah. Praying continually. It's just not when you come to chapel or go to church on Sunday morning. It's praying. You're talking to your heavenly father. You're talking to your savior, your Lord. Give him your heart right now. Just say, God, here's my heart. It's messed up. 
but you're not. You're holy and perfect. You're righteous. You're loving. You've redeemed me. Praying to God restores us. It's connected to our source of power. I like what A.C. Dixon says about prayer. It says, when we depend upon organizations, we get what organizations can do. When we depend upon education, we get what education can do. When we depend upon man, we get what man can do. But when we depend upon prayer, we get what God can do. Aren't you tired of it? Aren't you tired of fighting, stressing over these things that don't matter? If you can give it to God, he will take care of it. If you can give your current situations to God, God, I'm struggling here, help me. My encouragement, if you don't pray, just try it out. Say, Lord, I need help. Lord, save me. Lord, redeem me. Lord, forgive me. Lord, you are my Savior. God, I'm broken. God, I don't know where to start this year. I feel like the years already left me behind. God, I have no idea. I'm confused. I'm afraid I'm about to graduate. I don't have plans. And seniors, let me tell you a question you've already been asked. What are your plans, right? What are your plans upon graduation? Well, hold up, but let me put my suit and tie, and I can give you a proper answer, right? What are your plans when you graduate? That is a scary, scary thing. But let me tell you, seniors, pray about your plans. Just pray, God, I don't have an idea, but I have some kind of idea. I'd like to do this and that, but I'm not really sure. Just say, God, will you guide me? God, I I trust in your plan, God. I'm not so sure, but you know. Stop stressing about it. Stop making it overcomplicated. God has a sovereign will and plan, and you will walk in it. It may look different for how you want to go in it, but he's already established it. We're created for good works. So I I want to be encouraged for us to have a renewed commitment to prayer. Not only that, a renewed commitment to the Word of God. A renewed commitment to the Word of God. And now to our main text, Psalm chapter 1, verse 2 and 3. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by the streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. And it says, Whatever he does, he prospers. This is the key ingredient here. My delight is in the law of the Lord. I meditate on it day and night. It's not, when you think of meditate, you think like the yoga stuff, right? Uh, strip that away, okay? Strip that image. Meditate it is, it's always on your mind. Who's, raise your hand if you're in love. Anyone in love in here? A few? All right. Y'all are not proud of it. Any, anyone married in here? Y'all are, y'all are definitely in love, Okay. Here you go. Okay, so you know that love feeling, right? Okay. You're always thinking of her or him, right? Okay, for marriage, okay? If you're dating, you're always thinking of him or her. That's almost crossing the line. Y'all need to think of something else. All right? But when you're in love and you delight in something, it takes your attention away. For me, what takes my attention away are it's my spouse and my babies. I often think about them throughout the day. They're just so cute and cuddly, and I want to bite them, you know? They're just hams. So I delight in them, and I love my spouse, and I always make sure for um, those of you who are married and will have kids in the future, make sure you kiss your spouse first before you kiss the babies. Learn that, hard, learn that the hard way, okay? <laughs> Don't follow my mistake. 
But it says this, the light, it's always on your mind. And it's a good type of perspective. It's your focus is on it. It's not the bad kind of negative focus. It's my delight, my excitement, my eagerness is on the law of the Lord right here. That I meditate day and night. I have the word of God. Why? I would be like a tree that's planted by the streams of water. That yields its fruit in the season and its leaf does not wither. It talks about us being planted in the desert in Jeremiah 17. That we're planted. That we have life. Even though I see the drought coming my way, my leaf would remain green. Why? Because the source of power is not me. Cursed is the man who puts his trust in man, but blessed is the one who puts his trust in the Lord, that I would plant myself in this word. I'm going to start my year with God. I'm going to plant myself in this word, not knowing what's going to happen this next year. I'm going to plant myself in this word, commit to it now, not knowing the breakups I may go through this year, not knowing the heartache I may go through, not knowing the family dynamic changes. I won't know what's going on in my mind. I'm still trying to recover. I will plant myself in this word, not knowing my future of battles of anxiety or depression. I will plant myself in God's word, knowing that I don't have it all together. I'm going to plant myself in God's word, knowing that I sometimes don't understand this. I need some smart people to help me understand this. Commit to planting yourself in his word, that whatever you do, you will remain Vibrance. You'll have spiritual fruit. You want to experience love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, self-control, meekness. It's by being controlled by the Holy Spirit. Why? How has God spoken to us through his word? You want to hear God speak? It's here. I'm not going to say, well, Dawson, I, I think I've got a special revelation to the Lord. He told me to buy a Lamborghini. No, you should call me, you should say heresy on that. Right, Dakota? You're going to call me out on that. But why? My leaf would not wither. Aren't you, aren't you just tired of just dragging along as a Christian? Don't we want change? Don't we want us to be victorious over sin? Are you tired of sin just defeating you? Are you just tired of it? Are you tired of porn taking over your life? Are you tired of alcohol getting the best of you? Are you tired of it? Of chasing that high? Are you tired of it? Christian, I'm talking to you as well. Are you sick of it? When enough is enough, you'll remember God still loves you in those moments. He still loves you there. Why? While we were yet sinners, Christ demonstrated his love. He died for you and I. He died for you and I when we were rebels against God, when we were children of wrath against God, when we, we deserved hell. But God sent his only son to pay the price of sin on the cross of Calvary, to saying sin is paid in full sufficiently. It's once and for all. Payment has been applied. Christ's righteousness is now on you, and your unrighteousness has been given to Christ. Now for those who would repent of their sin and turn to Christ in saving faith, the Bible says, those who call on me, he will not be put to shame. He'll save you from your sin if you turn to him. There is a heaven and hell. There is reality, and at moments this year, you will be faced with situations where it takes you back to reflect my purpose, my existence, my creation. And if you are here doubting God and you're not just about the faith, it's okay. But I would ask, why are you here? What's leading you to Sterling? 
But if we plant ourselves in God, committing it to God, reading the Word. I like what my professor from my college days, Dr. Scott Pace, said. He says this, To be spiritually dependent on the Lord and His Word for our development means everything we do must be informed and infused with Scripture. Everything we do must be infused and informed with Scripture. And I, I like that. I took uh, many of uh, my theology classes under him. He's now the uh, pastoral and preaching dean at Southeastern. But Scripture, does it, who I choose to date, what degree I choose to pursue, what activities I want to engage on this campus, what church I will go to, who my friends are, every single decision, my encouragement is, let God's word guide you. Let it be infused in your life because the moments when you start saying, God, you've hurt me in the past, I'm done. I felt abandoned. The moment you start doing things your own way, it's a dangerous road. Many of you have been there. God disciplines those he loves. But I want to just encourage us to have a renewed commitment to prayer a renewed commitment to prioritize, prioritize God and a renewed commitment to God's word. This is it. You ain't got to be fancy. Just start somewhere and just start. Starting for me is the hardest thing, and I don't know the research on habits, but sometimes it takes me like 100 days to develop a habit. Some of you may be seven, six. I don't know, but it takes a long time because it's, it's very, very hard, especially if you don't like to read, to be in the word. If you'd like to listen to the Bible, listen to it. But I'm going to tell you, listen to it, read it, have a friend read it to you, but feed yourself. Don't let people feed you. This is the source of living water. This is the source of our strength, Christian. And Christian, I want to speak to you right quick. You have friends in here that do not know the name of Jesus, and you have the hope, and you have the authority of God to go and tell them. Although it may be hard and comfortable, and they may not like it, but share it in fully of grace and truth. When, when are we going to speak about Christ? It's going to be about how we live. Christian, don't you want God to usher in a revival through you? Hey, let me tell you how I came to Christ. Let me just share. We've been friends for like two semesters, and we don't really talk about our faith, but just let me, can I tell you? I want to encourage you, Christian, to start your year with God. And let me tell you, when you fall away a little bit, it's okay. If you skip reading the Bible a little bit, don't sweat it. God's not going, God's not going to say, Zach, Zach, you didn't read your Bible every day. You are not entering heaven. You know what I mean? He's going to say, well done, Zach. I knew you. Well done, good and faithful servant. I knew you. It's not legalism. It's not a set of rules. We obey God because he has done all the work for us. He sent his only begotten son that whoever would believe it upon him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And if you are seeking faith and God has been working in your heart, today's the day you tell God, you know what? God, I'm going to start with you. I'm going to start with you this year. And I'm going to commit with you today. I'm afraid. I don't understand all this. But I'm going to commit. I'm going to give you my heart. I'm going to surrender. Christian in here, is God calling you into vocational ministry? You're in a different degree field. Maybe God is calling you to serve in Christian ministry leadership. Maybe today you need to say, God, I surrender to that call. 
I'm full. I'm, I'm all in. I'm done. I'm all in. Christian, for those of you who just are lost and not sure, left behind, tired, spiritually, I want you to pray to God, God, just renew my heart. Just renew my heart, God. I'm going to pray for you, and then we'll dismiss. Father, I pray for every individual in here. For the one that does not know Jesus, they would say, I believe today. I place my faith in Jesus. For the Christian in here who has not surrendered to the calling of Christian leadership, I pray they would say, I surrender today. The Father, for every listening ear, we would be reminded that we can start our year with God that we can prioritize you in our life, that we would have a renewed commitment to prayer and a renewed commitment to your word. God, we want you to move in our hearts and life. We want to experience you to the fullest, but we know we cannot do that apart from you. So, Father, forgive me and forgive us when we try to do it on our own. You know each and everyone's life in here. Father, I pray through the power of the Holy Spirit you would bring conviction of our complacency, conviction for us to fight our sin, and conviction for us to fall more deeply in love with you. In Christ we pray. Amen.